Hi everyone, welcome to Runs with Dogs. I am Jen, joined as always by GR Dad. Run, run, run! <laughs> uh, here's our current life situation. We're sitting in my car in a parking spot recording the podcast because this is how much time we get to spend together. Yeah, shoot, you're flying up to Boston, shipping up to Boston. I'm shipping up to Boston. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. overnight thing. We don't get to see each other anymore. Good thing we're going down to the Keys. Yep, yep. So we did just have dinner together. We're not spending our, like, random half hour together podcasting. This is our bonus half hour together that we're spending <laughs> podcasting from hey, my car. Hey, hey. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about DNFing, Jaredad. Yeah. Have you ever a- DNFed? I ever DNF'd? I don't think I have, but I've never done an ultra, so I don't think it's a thing. You did a 50k with me, the covert ultra. Yeah, yeah, I didn't DNF there because my coach was so good. That, that'd be me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, DNF means did not finish, and that's what score you get when you run a race and you don't finish. Yeah, it's when you, you register, you pick up the t-shirt, you start, you cross the start line, and then you do not finish. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, that is how my last two races have gone, so... Yeah, but putting together the Farmville 50K together with the the Keys 100 is unfair. I know. Some random person, I mean, a perfectly nice person, was like, it seems like you've been having a stretch of bad luck. Like, maybe you should go talk to this doctor. And I was like, you just made me feel worse. Stretch of bad luck is just two unrelated issues, incidents of races. Yeah, so the Keys 100, I made it to mile 73. I passed out at mile 60. And uh, and then decided when I was in a tremendous amount of pain and also feeling like I might pass out again at mile 73. And I wasn't going to make it until many hours after the cutoff that I should drop, which was a good choice, I think. Yeah, this happens with ultra marathoners, right? I mean, you don't pass. If you're in a organized marathon, rock and roll marathon, Marine Corps marathon, it's really hard to DNF because there's volunteers there's aid stations people kind of pass you along yeah there's always another something in a mile and a half and it's you know four or five six hours you can kind of you know pull yourself along you can walk you can do it on your knees i mean it's it's (laughs) you're you're gonna finish probably right and there's no real cutoff in these marathons so you can finish it'll count as finished yeah ultras you may not be able to. You're pushing your body so hard, you're not going to... It's not normal. Not a, You know, it's not intended to be finished, really. That's true. So I felt better. Courtney DeWalter, who is, I think, without argument, the number one female ultramarathoner in the world, uh, this weekend also DNF'd Western State, which is like the granddaddy ultra. Oh, she must be so frustrated, yeah. She she actually posted on Instagram, and she's like, look, she was in first place when she quit. Wow. And uh, she's like, you know, I hit mile whatever, like 66, and all of a sudden, like, my hip gave out, and it was, like, my leg was kind of buckling under it, and it wasn't the kind of pain that, like, you get into what they call the pain cave in ultras, which is just, like, everything fucking hurts, like, you feel terrible, and you just have to deal with it. She's like, it wasn't that you know, I love that. I know how to deal with that. Like this was like a really different pain. Like clearly she has some pretty serious injury in there and she's like, you know, it wasn't my day. So she dropped it like mile 79, I think. Yeah. You can't like, you can fake it for a marathon. You cannot fake it for an ultra. You mean, everything has to line up and be consistent and stay and, and everything has to work. 
Yeah, so it did not work for me at the Keys 100, which was like May 15th or 18th or whatever. And then uh, I wasn't, I have signed up for another 100 miler, maybe, at the end of August. And I wasn't going to do anything in between, but there's this race that we did last year, which is a nighttime race. So it starts at like 5.30 p.m. It's on a great, like, flat rails to trails course. It's crushed gravel. What's, it, what's the title? It's the Night Train yes, 50K. So good. It's cool. They have really good t shirts. It's a great race. It's a great race. In uh, Farmville, Virginia. And uh, I was like, well, we're going to leave for the Keys before that. And then it turns out uh, we're recording in the car because I am on my way to the airport to fly to Boston because I have to do a thing in Boston tomorrow. So I was like, if I have to be in Boston on Monday, may as well go run that race in Farmville over the weekend. It's a 50K, right? So it's it's a little more than 50K. It's like 32 miles. Not a big deal. I can totally run that. And uh, it's weird. I've never, I had never DNF'd anything before, really, until the Keys 100. Was not worried about this race. And I got to mile eight and a half, which was like, basically this race, you start off in Farmville and you run eight and a half miles out, turn around and come back. And then you go, whatever, seven and a half miles in the other direction, turn around and come back. And so I got to the first turnaround and I mean, I wasn't eating much. I ate a couple of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and they had Pepsi instead of Coke, which sucks, but was not my problem. <laughs> and, uh, and I was leaving that aid station. I was like, man, like, I don't feel really good. And then just was having like terrible nausea like I was pretty sure at a few points that I was gonna throw up I didn't really even worse abdominal cramping like I've never had in my whole life even when I've had food poisoning and the stomach flu and I was like you know there's stories of people who run ultras and they have kind of explosive diarrhea on the trails all these problems and I felt like that's what was gonna happen but it didn't like I was just having these terrible super painful abdominal cramps uh, walked for a little bit, like called GR dad, which I've done in other races before <laughs> and been just like, I feel like crap. You've got to talk me through this. Yeah. And it's, I wasn't crewing because there's aid stations here and there's turnarounds and there's no good places to drive up to yeah. the course. Right. I, you know, there's no, I can, you can't tailgate here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I could talk to her on the phone, but it was basically like, man, sounds like it sucks. <laughs> you were great though. Cause you're like, here's shit I've been doing today. Like, here's just yeah, random trying, stuff. Was trying to distract you. That's yeah. what I wanted. That's yeah. exactly what I wanted. Uh, and after that, I kind of ran the rest of the way in towards the, you know, back towards the start, which would get me a little over halfway, mostly because I'm like, need to get to a bathroom, need to get there quickly. Turns out I didn't, but sort of felt like that. And uh, it was just so weird. Like the worst abdominal pain cramping that I've ever had and so I sat down and I drank some ginger ale I waited like 15 minutes and I still felt terrible like I went to stand up to tell him I was quitting and I was like I don't even know if I can stand up uh I walked up to they had like a little trailer that the timing people were in and I had to wait for two other people to quit the race before <laughs> me. <laughs> it was really hot. I mean, independent probably, but it was really hot. Yeah, uh, which definitely could have had something to do with it. So I don't know if I mismanaged my electrolytes. I felt like I was drinking enough, but maybe not. Like I've been thirsty all day. Uh, who knows? But it was terrible. It sucks to have like failed at the last two races that I've tried. But, you know, 
I guess that's what happens. You try to push yourself. Like, I, I forget. And I was sort of this week, I was like, man, this race is longer than a marathon. And before I started doing ultras, like, I would have been tapering for a month ahead of this race. And, like, I didn't even think about it. I didn't treat it as, like, oh, this is a really serious distance. And, frankly, I shouldn't be sick after eight miles. Like, there's something something was going on. Um, but it's just, like, my perspective is really warped now, yeah. too. Yeah, you expect the 30 miler is like a training run for you. It like literally is. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, DNFs, like they happen to everybody. You don't finish a race and it sucks. And I got to say, like, I have been humbled by the last two because I used to have a little bit of an attitude about it, which is that, like, sometimes it definitely would just happen. But a lot of the times it's like, and I still think this is true, like, there's people that are undertrained or they don't manage things right. And, you know, they go like, I'm going to go run a 50 miler and the longest training run I've done is 20 miles. And it's like, okay, like you go ahead and give that a shot, but it's not a shock when you don't finish. And I have trained like perfectly for these last two races. I've managed everything right. And I still haven't finished, which like I know is a thing that happens, but it's kind of knocked back my hubris a little bit. <laughs> it's just way more than the body can normally do. Man, but like 16 and a half miles shouldn't be. So who knows what was going on yesterday? No. I guess if it had been if it had been a marathon, if I had gotten to that point 16 and a half miles and it's like you got nine more to go. I don't know. You felt real bad. I felt so bad. It was a real convenient time to be done. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 11 p.m. too, right? Uh, or whatever, 10. So... Yeah, running till 2 in the morning doesn't seem real appealing. Or walking till 4 in the morning doesn't seem real appealing. Yeah, like, I, I was not concerned about making the cutoff, even if I went back out. And, you know, I was saying to Giardad, I'm like, if Nazis had been chasing me, and my survival was based on me finishing these 32 miles, like, I totally could have done it. But it was like, this race isn't that important to me. I feel like crap. It's going to really hurt. Like, I'm in a lot of pain right now. No offense, but the medals weren't that good last year. No medals! You got, remember, you got, like, a magnet. Refrigerator magnet, yep. I didn't even get one last year. Yeah, because somehow they ran out or something, oh right? Oh, my That's God. Something. So, yeah, like, literally no reward at the end of this race. So, uh, I was like, I am done. I am done. You are medal motivated. I, I mean, I want some kind of reward for finishing. Yeah. There Not was, a refrigerator magnet. We don't no fri- no magnets on our fridge. No, it was a little disappointing last year. They have great T-shirts, and I already had my T-shirt. So, yeah, yeah, stupid body. Yeah. So anyway, that is uh this week's short episode is just like the reality of not finishing. Like it happens literally to the best people, like we saw with Courtney this weekend, and it happens to literally the worst people, like me. Yeah, uh, we're barely finishing. And you can be philosophical about it, right? I mean, you have to, if you don't, if you're not occasionally failing, you're not outside your comfort zone, right? You're oh, totally good. outside your comfort zone. And you can tell because it's like hard and it's not automatic and it's not take it for granted training run easy. Yeah. And so. it was very hot. I mean, it was 98 degrees and humid when we started and it cooled off a bit by the end, but it, I definitely could have just mismanaged the heat and the electrolytes in the first eight and a half miles and screwed it up. Who knows? I don't think you have to blame yourself. I think this is just like you're at the outer edge of what the human body is supposed to do. And it, you can tell because sometimes it's up past the edge. Maybe. Yes. 
Yes. The other thing is that, and this is unrelated to my DNF, there was this stupid lady running behind me. <laughs> <laughs> Drives me crazy. So in like, if you run a big city marathon, like you run the Chicago marathon, there's whatever, 40,000 people running. You're kind of packed in the whole time. Like, that's fine. When you run ultras, basically any ultra, usually you can't see anybody else or there's... You're prepared to run alone. It's very much like a solo thing. Uh you know, you may be able to see other people, but you're not packed in at all. You're usually by yourself. Maybe you can see someone up ahead of you or behind. And there was this lady for like, you know, from mile like five until we got into the turnaround at eight and a half, who's like right behind me. Like I felt like I could feel her breathing on my neck Uh. and I don't care about how I place in these, right? Like I just want to finish these races. I'm not timing myself. I don't care right behind me. So I get into the aid station and I'm talking with the people and they're like, oh, you're maintaining a good pace. And this lady's like, yeah, you're really keeping me going out there. And I'm like, fuck you. Like, (laughs) I am not your pacer. Stop pacing on me. Yeah. Did you have a sign that you were carrying that said, you know, 1130? I did not have that sign. (laughs) And uh, and so I was like, well, I'm going to go to the bathroom. At least she's going to get out of the aid station before me. But no, she like hung around. I think she waited. And then I go back out there and I. Guys, I'm not going fast, right? I was running like a 12 and a half minute mile, which is perfectly normal for these races. Like, that's fine. And then she's like behind me again, like right behind me. And I'm like, I just, I'm like fuming at this point, right? It's like mile 10. Yeah, you don't have a deal with her that you're going to pace her and then she's going to pace you. She's not your friend. No, I want to be alone. And also I'm feeling like crap. So I especially want to be alone. And she's running right behind me, like using me to pace her. And so then I'm like, I'm just going to run faster and lose her for a while. So I sped like a minute faster for the next mile like cranked it a little bit even though i was feeling like crap lost her but then of course she catches up she's like i'm gonna pace on her catches up Uh so eventually like i was just so angry about it i'm like fuck this (laughs) (laughs) i took two steps to the right off the edge of the trail and i literally stopped like there was nothing that she could do other than also stop (laughs) I'm surprised she didn't and start like striking up a conversation. She, I wondered if she might. So yeah. I just stopped and then I stood there on the course for a good minute or two until she was far enough ahead of me. Were you flipping her off? <laughs> I was so angry, but I'm like, I'm just going to keep getting angrier if I let her pace on me. I don't care about the two minutes lost off my time. Like I am done. No, it's, it's good. You didn't punch her. That's I, f- good. I felt like punching her. So, yep. uh, don't use people as your pacers unless they ask you to. Yeah, th- I think there should be some etiquette, and maybe there is that I don't know about, where you can, like, ask, is it okay if I run behind you? Is Do you do you like having a running buddy? I mean, a lot of people do like having running buddies. Yeah. I mean, in triathlons, it's illegal, like, on the bike to draft off other people. That's essentially what she was doing. If you do that in a triathlon, I mean, people do do it, but it's grounds for disqualification if you're drafting off other people. Uh because it's like you're spaced out like stop drafting off people and it's like stop pacing off me just leave me the fuck alone and she was like oh i'm gonna pace on you and i mean i gave her a dirty look when she said that at the turnaround apparently not a fan of subtlety no so anyway i stopped and then she went ahead and she slowed down a lot because i was catching up with her Uh, and i'm like fuck i'm gonna slow down i hope she passes me so i can run after her again It was terrible. So that has nothing to do with why I DNF'd, but it was so annoying. So, uh, you know, don't run right behind people. Like, unless they want you there, 
Leave them alone. Give some space. Yeah, personal space. It's a good thing. I mean, respect it. Indeed. So, uh... Wow. So that's all I got this week. It has been a frustrating six weeks. I know that, like, I've been under a lot of stress. I'm still sad about Schmieg. Work has been stressful. Riley's sick. And Riley's sick. And frankly, I need more time to recover from the attempt at the Keys 100. I didn't give myself a lot of recovery time, but it's still super frustrating. So, you're doing epic shit. Thank you. So, uh, anyway, there you go. That's inside of Runs with Dogs this week. The DNF episode. Sad. Sad. A better DNF than IPOS, but we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> It's funny, we keep alluding to the IPOS every single time. (laughs) We'll get there eventually. Just stay tuned. (laughs) So uh, until next week, go out and run. Don't conk out. Don't conk out. We'll talk to you next week or whenever we record another one of these. Bye. Bye.